Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 7, please. John chapter 7. The topic today is evil. Does evil exist? Is it existential? Theoretical? Is it fiction? Is it real? What does Jesus say about evil? Where does it come from? Can people do evil? We're going to be looking at that today. What does it look like? What's the face of evil? Who should and what should we do when evil makes its appearance, wherever you might be? So we're in John chapter 7, verse 1. Take your Bibles and turn there, please. John chapter 7, verse 1. If you need a sermon guide, we have a stack of them as you entered the lobby, as you entered the worship center. If you want one, uh, printed one, grab one, set that in front of you. John chapter 7, verse 1 says this. After these things, Jesus was walking in Galilee. That's northern part of Israel. After these things, those things go back to chapter 6 about the miracle of Jesus feeding 5,000 and walking on the water. And remember, he said he's God, all right? That becomes the deal breaker for the Jewish people. After these things, Jesus walking there is a reference to ministry, Walking is not just walking. It's, it's a purposeful, sovereign act. He's spreading the gospel in the northern part of Israel, around the Sea of Galilee. For why? Because he's unwilling to walk in Judea. Judea would be a reference primarily to Jerusalem, but not only Jerusalem, but mostly the southern part. You see that there on the map on your screen. Because he was unwilling to walk in Judea, because the Jews were seeking Right there, you have the gospel. You have the reference clearly to the preparation of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. So friends, listen to me. Evil tries to silence Jesus. Make no mistake about it. Evil is seeking to kill Jesus because he said he's God. So you got to back up every day and understand evil wants to kill God. Old Testament, New Testament, from the beginning to the end of Scripture, evil wants to replace Jesus with anything else. Evil wants to take Jesus completely out of the picture. Where does evil come from? It comes from the free will of mankind. And in this case, it's Jewish people. Later, you'll see the Romans will jump in, and later you'll see that it's a reference to Gentiles. It's a reference to Roger. It's a reference to you and me. For God so loved the world. This world is evil. The people in it are sinners. We have to back up every day and understand this Jesus came to confront and deal with evil. I have evil in me. It's called a sin nature. You have evil in you. It's called a sin nature. A mob, a hate-filled mob is tracking Jesus based on false accusation. He's an innocent man. He's about to be crucified in a few months. There's an abuse of power taking place. And Jesus avoids the trouble down in Jerusalem. Why? Because he's God, he's sovereign, and he's not going to go into that trap. He will pick his time to die for you and me. Man is free. It's amazing. Free to kill Jesus. And Jesus says, no, you don't, not now. Verse 1 is a clear description of the free will of mankind and the sovereignty of God. Make no mistake that evil 
is premeditated murder. Now, probably most of us can buy into that real quick. Notice that evil is idolatry in your heart. When you go after what Jesus believes, when you go after what Jesus values, when you say, I don't want to follow Jesus, you're now stepping into idolatry, into evil. Notice how Jesus responds to evil. Look at verse 2. Now, the Feast of the Jews, this called the Feast of Booths, was near, meaning it's coming up in a few days. It's a time period reference, not physical. So you remember last week that word booths there in Hebrew? How many of you remember the Hebrew word last week? Randy? Good. I see a couple of you. Okay. The word here is sukkah. See that word booths there? Sukkah. It's temporary housing. So go back to the time of the Exodus back in Egypt going, God comes in and takes the Jewish people out of bondage, out of slavery, and puts them out in the wilderness for 40 years. And what do they do for housing? They create sukkahs. They create booths made out of palm branches, anything that would take the sun off. It's temporary migrant housing. And once a year, the Jewish people, since that time, September, October, they individually, religious or not, Jewish people, to remember how God delivered them out of the Exodus, they build a booth. It's a temporary booth. And in that booth, they pray. And in that booth, they have meals. And in that booth, they celebrate. They remember the deliverance of God. And that feast is about to happen just in a few days down in Jerusalem. Now, let me do a sidebar and try to connect application dots. In America, we celebrate 4th of July. Why? We call it 1776. We call it independence from Britain. And every around once a year, 4th of July, we celebrate. Why? We celebrate independence. The Feast of the Booths is very similar to the Jewish people. They're celebrating that they were saved from slavery. Another sidebar. Try to connect the application dots. Did you know that after the Civil War, after the Civil War, remember this past Friday, June 19th, 1865, that's been called our country's second Independence Day. It is the oldest celebration in the United States honoring the end of slavery. It's called June 19th, 1865. Now, friends, there's got to be a day that you remember. Something great. For the Jewish people, it's their celebration of God saving them out of Exodus. Now, I'm going to come back to this issue of the second uh, Independence Day in just a moment. Look at with me at verse 3. Friends, you're about to read where evil comes from. Can it come from your neighbor? Can it come from a family member? Verse 3. Therefore, his brothers, that would be Jesus' adult brothers, probably between the age of 20 and 30, ballpark, said to Jesus, leave now here and go to Judea. That's where the Feast of the Booth is at, at Jerusalem, the big party. So that your disciples may see your works, which you are doing. Looks kind of innocent, doesn't it? It looks kind of like a, really a cool thing, but really it's a trap. 
Look at verse 4. For no one does anything in secret when he himself seeks to be known publicly. So the brothers are baiting Jesus. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. In other words, if you're serious, come out in the open, Jesus. These are brothers that watch Jesus all their life. It's a trap. I say that because of verse 5. For not even his brothers believed were believing in him. Friends, here's a definition of good. Good says, I believe in Jesus. Evil says, I don't believe in Jesus. Good says, I believe in the values of Jesus. Evil says, I don't believe in the values of Jesus. Evil is the way you think up here, you think wrong. Jesus is right. Evil can come from a family member. If we deny the truth given by Jesus and believe a lie, we become jaded. We move from good toward evil. And Jesus' own adult brothers did not believe in him. James and Joseph and Simon and Judas, not Judas Iscariot. Now, they eventually believed, but not right now. Verse 6. So Jesus said to them, his brothers, my time, that's a reference to crucifixion. That's a reference to the gospel of Jesus. My time that Good Friday, that Resurrection Sunday. My time is not yet here, but your time is always opportune. What you're seeing in these verses here, evil cannot control Jesus. Jesus will willingly die at the right time based on the sovereignty of God, not the free will of man. Evil comes from this free will inside, and Jesus says to his brothers, look at verse 7, Notice three key words, circle in your Bible or your notes, circle the word world, circle the word hate, there's a couple of hates there, and then circle the word evil, watch this, verse 7, for the, the world cannot hate you, the brothers of Jesus. You see the alliance? You see the ideology agreement? The world can't hate you, but the world hates me. The world doesn't hate you because you agree with the world. You don't believe in me. But the world hates me because I testify of what's going on in the world of their disbelief in Jesus. Watch this, that its deeds are evil. That word evil there, poneros. It's wicked. It's deceit. It's a direct reference to what Satan loves to do is to mess up believism, believing in Jesus. You see the word hate, messio in Greek, detest. Detest. It's an intense dislike. And the word cosmos there, that is people who participate in the deeds of evil. And here, evil is being defined in verse 7 as hate. Ladies and gentlemen, do you hate anybody? Is there hatred in your heart toward anyone? Jesus steps on earth and he says, love your enemies. Jesus says, love your neighbor. Jesus says, love one another. So we have to be careful every day not to participate in hate because Jesus is all about love. He's not about hate. Evil people attacking the good innocent of Jesus and the brothers are a part of this evil going on. 
Here's a definition, one, one definition. Here's a definition of evil. Evil is hate openly and secretly attacking Jesus and his values. That's what the text is saying. They don't believe. So friends, when you have people who don't want to believe in the values of Jesus, what is Jesus simply saying? What is the text saying? Jesus offers love to sinners. Jesus doesn't offer hate. They hated Jesus because they could not control Jesus. And when someone tries to control you, you got to back up and understand what's going on. When they try to shame you as they're trying to shame Jesus, you got to back up and say, what do I believe? They wanted to control Jesus. They wanted to take him out. Here's another definition of, write this one down. Hate is the opposite of the kindness of Jesus. You want to be kind. You want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Jesus never hates. He only wants to be kind. For God so loved the world. Look at verse 8. Jesus says to his brothers, it's interesting, he's very kind to them. You go up to the feast in Jerusalem, feast of the booths. You go up there and celebrate that God delivered our people from bondage out of Egypt. I don't go up there to this feast because my time has not yet fully come. In other words, friends, my time to die is not right now. Make note, evil cannot control Jesus. You want to get behind Jesus. Verse 9 says this, Having said these things to them, Jesus stays in Galilee. Verse 10, But when his brothers had gone up to the feast, so now they're headed up to Jerusalem, up meaning uphill to Jerusalem, to the feast, then apparently later Jesus himself also went up to Jerusalem. Notice, not publicly, The brothers wanted him to go public. But Jesus goes, apparently, according to this verse, not publicly, but as if in secret, totally opposite to what the brothers wanted. Verse 11. So the Jews, by the way, the word Jews there is a reference to scribes and Pharisees and the Sanhedrin. And really, anybody who doesn't believe in Jesus and who wants to take Jesus out, in terms of the Jewish context of the passage. So the Jews were seeking him. Why were they seeking him? They were seeking him based on verse 1 to kill him at the feast. And they were saying, where is he? So they're out searching to destroy, to censor, to condemn, to crucify Jesus. Verse 12. There was much, see that word grumbling in the Greek? It's secret griping. It's secret agitating. Don't raise your hand. Any gossips in the crowd? You ever noticed how sometimes in secret we like to talk to each other and kind of get get each other going about a topic? Anybody see it on Facebook? We we agitate. Well, here the word grumbling is there's a secret, they're kind of whispering in the crowds, among the crowds concerning Jesus, and there's different opinions about Jesus. Some say he's a good man. Well, he's more than a good man. He's God. And others are saying, no, on the contrary, he leads people planano in the Greek, astray. They're saying that Jesus deceives people and leads them away from the truth. Friends, you see how it's easy for people to twist things? Yeah. Verse 13. 
Yet no one was speaking openly of Jesus. Why? Here's what evil does. Evil shames you. Yet no one was speaking openly of Jesus for fear, phobos, because you'd be terrorized for fear of the Jews. Evil people make people afraid. That's what it's saying. They create fear by their evil deeds and they force you into silence. Good makes people calm down. Evil makes people scared. That's what it's saying. All right, so my time for just a quick couple of minutes because we need to have a couple of vote matters. Number one, here's what evil it looks like based upon this passage. Evil people do not hate people who agree with them. Gossips like gossips. Liars like liars. This ideology likes anyone who agrees with this ideology. That's what it's saying. Number two, people who hate Jesus are evil. That's verse seven. May I suggest number three? Hate is evil. Jesus loves he went to the cross for every human being, for every sinner, knowing that Roger is going to mess it up. To hate Jesus is to participate in evil. Number four. Number four. Evil is visible in evil deeds of hate. That's what the text is saying. Number five. Hating Jesus is an evil deed. And that can be manifested in lots of different ways. Let me connect the dots to this past Friday, June 19th. Jesus says, if you love me, Christian, keep my commandments. Love one another, don't hate each other. June 19th, last Friday, has been called our country's second Independence Day. Because June 19th, 1865, U.S. Major General Gordon Granger rode into Galveston, Texas with his small army and there announced that the Civil War was over and that the 250,000 slaves in Texas were free. Abraham Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation was signed two years prior, but they didn't have enough Union soldiers to go into Texas and enforce the proclamation. Now, two years later, General Granger comes in and the announcement goes out and there is a huge celebration. Former slaves, now free. So every June 19th, there are celebrations that occur because a population that was in slavery has been set free. And literally year after year, since 1865, Groups celebrate for the, literally, slaves being released into freedom. Pretty amazing. They pray. They go to church. There are picnics. There are rodeos. Friday, Juneteenth, parades, concerts, cookouts, held across the country as a state holiday or, listen to this, as a 
day of observance, just like the Feast of the Booths. We have to back up every day. The Jewish people were reminded that God had delivered them. And here's God in front of the Jewish people, Jesus, and they want to kill him. Can I remind you, you don't want to hate anyone. You want to love just as Jesus loved you. You want to go all the way to the cross if that's what it takes to love people. Don't let hate get a hold of you. Number six, the hate toward Jesus is given to the followers of Jesus. That's what verse 18 says. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. John 15, 18. Let me repeat that. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. We live under Jesus Christ. Make sure you commit to Jesus Christ every day of your life. By the death, burial, and resurrection, the gospel has gone out. Jesus forgives you. Don't miss it. And then you go and pass out the goodness of God to whosoever. Bow your heads, please. God, I say thank you for passage of scripture that reminds each one of us we're forgiven to those who believe in Jesus. Give us that ability to understand what that means. God, we say thank you for your amazing grace. All God's people said. 